0: Good morning. Welcome to Fort Street Presbyterian Church. My name is Pastor Garrett, and uh, it's great to be with you all here this morning. It's it's really, really warm here for November, isn't it? Is this like normal? Can you tell me this is normal in Michigan? And that, like, I can get used to this. 65 degrees and sunny. Oh, man, it's been great. It's been a good week, um, not only for us, but also for... Our country, I think. And so we are glad to uh, be in this season. Friends, we want to let you know that we are doing communion today. And uh, if you're watching at home, we want to invite you, if you want to participate in communion with us um, during one of these breaks during the song, when my sermon starts boring and you don't want to listen to it, run to your pantry and grab whatever you can use to join us in communion this morning if you can from home. We just want to let you know that. Um, I have something to celebrate, actually. Uh, Open at its first uh, reopening date this past Thursday, and it went really, really well. I mean, there were some hiccups. There were some things that we learned, but we had a system in place. We worked it, and we're excited to continue to invite people back to our Open Door ministry on Thursdays. And so um, if you get a chance, if you see Jerry or you see Frank or you see Trish, Um, tell them congratulations and encourage them as they continue to uh, work the system and keep our doors open for people at Open Door.
1: Hear now this call to worship. The Lord's mercies never end, but are new every morning. Today is a new day. We come to worship the one whose steadfast love never ceases. Amen. Please pray with me. God, forgive us. Our efforts to love you with heart, soul, mind, and strength often fall short. Our lack of trust in you hinders our ability to give ourselves completely to you. We imagine that only we can know what is best for us. Our mindset of meagerness keeps us from loving our neighbors and ourselves. In this time of silence, Lord, hear the confessions of our hearts. Amen. Friends, the good news is that the God who challenges us is also the God who encourages us. The God who confronts us is also the God who accepts us. Be assured that God is with us even now, accepting, guiding, and forgiving through Jesus Christ. Amen. got a fun surprise in the mail today. It was this letter. Now, raise your hand if you've ever gotten a letter in the mail before. It's Oh, even the kid's awesome. It's becoming more and more rare, right? Because we have so many other ways to communicate with each other. We can send emails, we can call each other, we can send text messages, but a real letter is really special these days. So I got this letter from a friend and she was really thankful for something that I had done. And so she took the time to sit down and handwrite a letter and then she took the time to put it in an envelope and to find my address, which wasn't easy because my address has changed a few times in the past few months. And she took the time to get a stamp and to put it on there and to take it to her mailbox and send me a letter. I've been thinking a lot about letters this week because, you know, a lot of the books that we read in the Bible didn't start out as books. They started out as letters. Letters that Paul or other people wrote to groups of people. Letters that were passed around and shared enough times that people thought, this is a really important letter and we want to remember it. So eventually the letters were written into the Bible and they became what we know as Scripture. But letters are really, really special. And just like this one was sort of a thank you letter, some of the letters that we read in the Bible are thank you letters as well. And sometimes, especially with Paul, he writes letters to tell people how grateful he is for them and how much he loves them. And how he wants to give thanks for them and to remind them to give thanks for other things in their lives. So we are in the month of November and what is the big holiday that happens in November? What is it? Exactly, Thanksgiving. We just had Halloween, which is barely in October, and we're not quite to Christmas yet, although if you go in some stores, it looks like we're in Christmas already. But November is the month of Thanksgiving, and so before we even get to Thanksgiving, I thought today that we should practice being thankful. And so I want us all to think of, in our brains, just to yourself for a moment, think of three people or three things that you are thankful for. Just take a second in silence as we think. Now I wonder if any one of those people or any one of those things that you just thought of might appreciate a letter. My challenge for all of us, whether you are young or old this week, is to write a letter to someone that you are thankful for. Or write a letter about something you are thankful for and find someone that you can send it to. Did you know that when we do this practice, when we think of things that we're thankful for and we take the time to slow down enough, and write down why we are thankful for them, it actually makes us happier. They did a research study on this, and it's really great to receive these letters of love and thanksgiving, but we become happier by being the people that write them too. So this is our practice and our challenge this week. Think of things that you are thankful for every single day and pick one and write a letter of thanks. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for my friend who inspired me to remember what I am thankful for. And thank you for the letters in the Bible that remind us to be people of gratitude, people of generosity. Lord, even before we get to Thanksgiving, help us practice being thankful and talking about it.
0: Our text for today comes to us from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. Listen now for the word of the Lord. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction... Their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For, as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. In this, not merely as we expected, They gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us so that we might urge Titus that as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking I don't say this as a command, but I'm testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice— It's appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something, now finish doing it, so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I don't mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but... It's a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need so that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much didn't have too much and the one who had little didn't have too little. This is God's word to us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Good and loving God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for time set aside in our week to focus on your word. And Lord, we pray this morning that whatever words we would hear would be yours and not mine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I was in seminary a friend came to visit me and we went to new york city for the day and we ran all around the city went to several museums probably went to a comedy club or a jazz club and then we had this full day and we came back to penn station and we were waiting for our train to pick us up well while we were waiting on our train to pick us up a man approached me and he asked me for money and i told him I didn't have any cash, and I wondered how many people even really carry cash anymore. And he said, okay, well, can you buy me a meal? And I said, sure, I'll buy you a meal. He said, well, where can we go to get the meal? I said, well, I, I don't care. Where do you want to eat? I don't, I don't know what you like. He said, well, I want to go to KFC. I said, okay, well, we'll go to KFC. And I was feeling kind of hungry anyway. I was like, well, I'll probably get something at KFC. So we go to the counter, and he's getting ready to order, and he looks back at me. And he goes, well, what am I allowed to get? And I said, well, I don't, I don't know. What do, you, what do you want to get? <laughs> Order your food. I, it doesn't matter to me. Well, $67 later, he was finished ordering his food. <laughs> and I kind of joked with him. You know, I wasn't upset. I just joked with him. I said, you know, that's a, that's a lot of KFC for one person to eat. And he said, well, some of it's for my girlfriend. Some of it's for my friends. You know, they're going to be hungry too. And in the moment, I felt, a little bit frustrated because, you know, I was in grad school and $67 is still a lot of money to me, but it was even more back then. And I thought for a second, ah, oh, man, maybe I wasted my money there. Maybe that's not going to go to the best use that it could. and I worried about that. A lot of us worry about that, don't we? There was another time where I was in seminary, actually, I was volunteering for a church that I was interning at. And I started going to all of these events for their youth and their children, and it just sort of got to the point where I realized I really wasn't doing much. I was kind of just floating around, you know. I would show up, and I would say, okay, what do you need me to do? But there really wasn't much for me to do. And so eventually, I was just like, well, maybe my time would be better used doing something else. And I, I found another woman in the church who was going into prisons teaching Uh, English and writing courses to help some of these young men that were incarcerated get their GED or in some cases get college credit and she said I can't find any volunteers and I said well here I am show me the way because I wanted my time to be used better and she's overrun with work and I thought I can help a little bit I probably can't help that much and even looking back I wonder how much I even did but She just needed someone, and I felt like my time would be better used there. We all have that feeling, don't we? We all, I mean, listen, we all have limited time. We all have limited resources. We all want to make sure they're being used for the best things that they possibly can. We don't want our money wasted. We don't want our time wasted. When I was doing research for this sermon, I was listening to that Donna Summer song, the, uh, The heralded queen of disco. Do you remember her song? She works hard for her money. We all work hard for our money, don't we? We want to be treated right. Well, the Corinthians, they're not too different. Paul's writing this letter to them and he's asking them to give to this cause that's going on. And the cause is that there are these churches in Jerusalem that need some money, they need resources. And Paul's asking the Corinthians to give. And what becomes apparent, if you read both of the letters, what becomes apparent is that this is a broader conversation that they've been having, that Paul has been asking them to give for quite a while. And the Corinthians actually kind of have a mistrust of Paul. They've wondered if they're being bamboozled. And actually, Paul spends not a huge amount of time, but a significant amount of time trying to kind of ease their fears that they've been swindled. He promises them at one point that he has not practiced cunning, that he has not um, broken his integrity. And he's constantly reassuring them this because the Corinthians are a lot like us. They don't want their money to be wasted. They don't want their time to be wasted. Paul is asking them to give to this cause for a couple reasons. One is there was a legitimate need, and the need was What some scholars think, there were a lot of uh, famines that were taking place throughout that area of the country at that time. And there was a lot of political upheaval. And so a lot of the people that were gathered in Jerusalem were seeing a greater and greater need. And so Paul is gathering money so that they might purchase food to redistribute, to help those who were affected by the famine, to help those that had maybe lost their home. He's asking them to give for that cause, but he's also asking because he wants them to experience the same grace that the Macedonian churches have experienced. Now, this is a special kind of grace because these Macedonian churches were nothing like the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was kind of a big steeple church. The Corinthian church, we might say, had a lot of endowments. The Corinthian church was doing okay. These Macedonian churches, though, they had been plagued by the same famines that were affecting those in Jerusalem. The Corinthians were, excuse me, the Macedonians were affected by political upheaval. There had been a lot of splits and divisions. There were actually civil wars going on at the time that have likely left many of these members in the Macedonian churches absolutely destitute. And Paul mentions that. Paul says, out of their poverty they gave. Paul wants the Corinthians to experience the grace that the Macedonians have experienced. Because the Macedonians, when they gave, they were so eager to give, they were basically begging Paul to allow them to give of their resources. And something happened to them, and Paul mentions it. He says, he says, even though they're pretty destitute, even though they don't have anything, they're still so eager to give, and I want you to experience that same grace. Paul really isn't doing this just for himself. It's not some selfish gain. He's not bamboozling them. He's not stealing their money. He's not wasting their resources. He's actually trying to give them a gift. It's like Paul knows what Jesus said. Whoever would... Oh, I hear the Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm sorry. It distracted me. It's like Paul knows what Jesus knew that whoever would seek to gain or keep their life would actually lose it, and whoever would lose their life will actually find it. It's this deeper truth of whatever you try to cling to, whatever you try to hold on so, so tightly to, it just kind of slips through your fingers. But whatever you can hold loosely with open hands, that's something you can hold on to. We're going to talk about stewardship for the next three weeks until Sarah goes into labor. (laughs) And we are asking you to serve. We want you to be a part of the life of our church. We want you to serve on committees. We want you to be involved in everything that we're doing, even though everything we're doing right now is much, much less than what we're used to. We want you to be a part of that. We're also asking you to give of your resources, not just your time. We're also asking you to invite, to invite friends into what we're doing, to get excited about what's going on here, to join the mission of the church. But we're not asking because it's about our bottom line. We do have bills to pay here, right? we do have business that we have to take care of but there's something bigger that we're after as well there's a larger mission i think our church's statement says something like we are a beacon of hope in the heart of detroit and you all know that much much better than i do at this point i've i just got here i see it though we're asking you to give to all of these things because we're on a journey And we do have goals. But beyond that, we want you to experience the same grace that Paul wanted the Corinthians to experience. The same joy that the Macedonian churches had found, that somehow when you go about the process of giving up the things that you've acquired, of quitting this clinging to the things that you think you can hold on to, that actually you begin to find life. Life through Christ Jesus. You begin to find the kind of grace that envelops the world just by not holding on too tightly. We want you all to experience that grace. We also want you to join us on a journey. I received a letter this week. I received a whole package of things, actually. And I did already open it. I just put it back in an envelope here. This letter says that the people at the Presbyterian Mission Agency are so excited to welcome us into the Matthew 25 family. And they're welcoming us as we begin our journey into becoming a Matthew 25 church. And to be a Matthew 25 church, you've probably heard me say it once, and you're going to hear me say it a million more times, but it means that we are committed to congregational vitality. It means that we are committed to eradicating systemic poverty. And it means that we are committed to working to dismantle structural racism. We're all on this journey together. And we don't know what it means. You know, we've got this, this letter that, that outlines some things and tells us what other churches have done. And, but we're really just at the beginning. And we're asking you to join us. We're asking you to wonder along with us, what would the world look like if we did promote ourselves, excuse me, if we did commit ourselves to congregational vitality? What would the world look like if we did work to end systemic poverty? What would the world look like if we began to dismantle structural racism? I don't need to tell you how this week went in America. But I can tell you it was very, very clear from the results of our election that we are divided. We're very divided. I think it's very, very clear from the results of the election, just looking at it as a pastor might, that we have a lot of work to do. And I think becoming a Matthew 25 church is a good step in the right direction. We want you all to join us in that. So as you consider whether you might serve, whether you might give, or whether you might begin inviting, we ask that you would consider the broader mission of our church as well. Be a part of it. Join us. And ask those big questions with us. What would it look like to end poverty? What would it look like to dismantle racism? Will you pray with me? Good and loving God, thank you for this time together. God, thank you for the joy of giving. God, I pray that we would all know the grace and the peace that comes over us when we give up what we've been clinging to. God, may we see that You are on the other end of that for us. God, may we see that we find our life in you when we're willing to let go. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. We've gathered here at the table today to find rest. We've gathered at the table to eat. We've gathered to be filled up. And I want you to know that as we prepare to, well, virtually gather, because we're all going to stay in our seats, but as we prepare to gather around this table, I want you to know that it's not my table. It does not belong to Pastor Sarah. This is not the table of Fort Street Presbyterian Church, though I'm sure it's been here for a long time. This is our Lord's table. And any who are willing to call upon the name of the Lord are welcome to eat and to be filled.
1: The Lord be with you.
0: And also with you
1: lift up your hearts
0: we lift them to the lord
1: let us give thanks to the lord our god
0: it is right to give our thanks and praise
1: it is truly right to give our greatest joy we praise you god creator of the universe we thank you today lord for your son jesus christ in jesus your word became flesh and dwelt among us Full of grace and truth. He lived as one of us, knowing both joy and sorrow. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, welcomed sinners, and proclaimed good news to the poor. Dying on the cross, he gave himself for the life of the world, and rising from the grave, he won for us victory over death. Seated at your right hand, he reigns with you in glory and will come again to make all things new.
0: Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and all who share this feast. God, at this time, we do want to lift up those who are aren't our hearts We lift up Jason Nance and his family, those separated from their families during this time. God, we lift up the leaders and leadership of our country. We lift up those who are longing for life to return to some kind of normal. God, we lift up those who have served in our armed forces. Lord, keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, when we shall feast with all of your saints. And now we pray the prayer that Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And And forgive forgive us our debts debts, as as we forgive forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, power, and the glory forever. Amen.
1: At the table with his disciples, he took the bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Whenever you do this, remember me. Then in the same way, after the supper, he poured the cup. And he offered it to them, saying, take and drink. Whenever you do this, remember me. Whenever we eat this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes again. These are the gifts of God for the people of God, and whether we are here in person or worshiping at home, God's Spirit meets us in this act, and we are one. I invite you, if you are here with us now, to pull back and take the wafer and take the body of Christ broken for you. juice and know that it is the blood of Christ shed for you.
0: one of our uh, elders up uh, Rob Shero to talk to us a little bit about our stewardship campaign I think either Mike works right here okay yeah
2: so did everybody receive a letter this week from the church a stewardship letter and in there was a card uh, so please fill that out and bring it back uh, on this, on stewardship Sunday, that's December sixth in a few weeks. Um, so last week, Rob Jackson talked to us about what is stewardship and defined it as this is what I believe you said, Rob, <laughs> as as the careful application and use of our time, talents, and treasures. And um, I've Got a little verse here I want to read. This is from Luke chapter 6 verse 38. It says this: Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it will be measured back to you. Very interesting. In our society, we measure success, we measure things by what we get, what we have. God doesn't work that way, according to this verse. God measures what we give, what we're thankful for and what we give. I think we've got a lot to thankful for. I I believe, I, I certainly am thankful for this beautiful church built by our forefathers, over a century ago, and we get to use it. we got to take care of it, though. Um, God created each of us in his own image, or her own image. And that's great. God created us so carefully. God created the world which, and in all of its abundance. God created things that we could be truly thankful for. God created love, what a great concept. Where would we be without love? God created that. I'm thankful for love. I'm thankful for Fort Street Church. We're beginning a new era with our great new pastors, Garrett and Sarah. We have our music ministry still. Uh, it's in a different form, but we still have music ministry led by Dr. Dan Magget. Um We have our open door program and it needs resources and that's led by trish hubble and all the other staff that we have allison um, jerry amy amy's up there helping with the production now good morning amy and um so we have a lot to be thankful here at the church so please go back and pray about your what you're thankful for Uh, think about your talents, your time, your treasures, and how you could apply that for the good. And and uh, fill out your cards, bring it back on December 6th. But it's not about the bottom line. It's about coming together and using all of your talents for the good. Thank you.
0: All right that
1: I am grateful for this week is some of my family members who have served in the military we are coming up on Veterans Day as you probably know this Wednesday and so we did want to take a moment to recognize veterans from our own midst and to be mindful of veterans in general so I know that we have at least one veteran here today even in our very limited seating capacity are there any others that are here with us today that you might allow us to give you thanks. Joe is here. Do you,
0: do you normally ask them to stand? Yeah. Would you, if you have served previously, yeah. would you please stand? And we can clap, we can't shout, but yeah. we can clap. <laughs> Thank you, Joe.
1: And for those two that might be watching on Facebook or later YouTube, if you are willing to send us a message and let us know that you have served We would like to give thanks for you as well and for you to know that we recognize you and your service
0: yeah
1: i'd love to have a moment of prayer for veterans so would you join me in prayer righteous god you rule the nations we give you great thanks for veterans today those from our own congregation past present and future those from our families and those we might not even know. Thank you, Lord, for their bravery, their dedication, and their lives. We're mindful also today of veterans who have returned home and been met with challenge, pain, and isolation. Give us eyes to see those who often go unseen and to offer practical signs of compassion in the name of Christ. Gracious God, guard brave women and men who continue to serve, those who give of their time and energy and talents for their country. Give them compassion. Lord, let us all live for peace, as eager for agreement as for victory. Encourage us as we encourage one another, and never let hard duty separate us from loyalty to your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Well, we have, uh, we're continuing with our in-person worship, and I want to say on behalf of the session that we are still considering this practice, that we are not saying that we're completely open, and we're not saying that we're going to go back to normal, just everyone wear masks, but we're going to continue to offer our weekly worship service here Sunday morning, Um, And we're going to continue to work the system that we have in place. And we're very grateful for uh, leadership like Loretta and some of those others that are coming in every Sunday to make sure that we do this in a safe way. Um, But it is still practice, friends. And so if cases get out of control, if we have uh, a case of COVID in our midst, we want to make sure that we're taking care of everyone. And so uh, we are playing it week by week. We're going to continue to require registration And I believe the state of Michigan is now requiring names and phone numbers for uh, any indoor events and for businesses. And so we're going to continue to do those things. We're going to continue to limit uh, attendance to 30 people or less. And, yeah, we're going to keep working this system. Um, With that, I think we are still encouraging you to stay safe. Um, Don't do anything that puts you at risk, uh, including coming here and so uh, take care of yourselves and know that we're still going to be practicing we're still going to be working this system and hopefully um, this clears up one day
1: yeah we are very grateful for the team of technical experts that have helped make worship accessible even at home for those who are staying at home and we have continued to see improvements in the way that we are able to reach out to people through social media and through facebook and youtube and all of those things That being said, we imagine doing more of this technological stuff moving forward, and we would love to have more people volunteer. Perhaps that's a place where you feel called to give of your talents and energy. Maybe you know a lot about that stuff, or maybe you're just willing to learn. (laughs) And um, if that is you, we invite you to sign up to volunteer and find a place to plug in in uh, some of the technological side of things. We have opportunities to volunteer through our emails and website. You can track those down or speak with Amy, and she can help get you set up. We also would love to continue to find more volunteers for Open Door. As Pastor Garrett mentioned, they have opened in a limited way on Thursday mornings and are needing more people to make it happen safely. So if that is a place that you have energy and time to share your resources, we would be grateful for that as well.
0: As always, you can give to our church by going online to www.fortstreet.org backslash give, and you can actually give electronically there. And uh, Actually, it's got a really cool tool. You can designate whatever amount you want to give weekly, monthly, however you want to break it down, and it will let you do that, and it will make an automatic uh, debit or credit uh, from your account, two hours. So it makes it really easy to give and to give regularly. That's on our website. Uh, If you brought... Uh, Your offering for today, Loretta should have handed you a little envelope, and you can place those in the offering trays on your way out of the sanctuary.
1: We will go back to a virtual coffee hour next week, so you can plan to join us for that and say hello, bring your own coffee from home, and log on to our Fort Street Zoom for coffee hour next week. We will be on break for adult education for a few weeks, but coming back for a really great Advent series that we are excited about. So starting November 29th, plan to tune in also on Zoom for that adult education for the four weeks of Advent, where we will be looking at some of the names for Christ found in Isaiah chapter 9. So Mm -hmm. mark that down in your calendars and plan to join us. Who wrote that book? Uh, That was Walter Brueggemann.
0: Walter Brueggemann. Yes. Some of you may have heard that name.
1: Yeah. And my last announcement is, if there are any volunteers to help Pastor Garrett learn how to open an envelope, they would be very welcome. I knew you were going to... All of our mail at home looks like this. I don't know why he goes from the side, but I would love some help in teaching him how to open an envelope.
0: As I was opening it, I got (laughs) so nervous. I was like, she's going to say something. She's going to... I didn't know she'd say it publicly, but she said something. Thank you. You're welcome. Keeping me humble. <laughs> well, friends, as you go, may you know that God sees you. May you know that God is smiling down upon you. And may you know that you are loved and that your life truly matters. Amen. Amen.